Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. Hi, it's Rachel Hollis, and this is the Start Today podcast. The Start Today community are people from every walk of life all around the world, but we all have one important thing in common. We're all trying to become a better version of ourselves. This is a community of dreamers and doers. This is a cohort of learners and leaders. This is a space where we celebrate trying again, learning from failure, and rooting each other on. We believe that when you start each day with gratitude and intention, you can produce incredible results. Start today this way. Hi guys, it's Rach. Welcome to another episode of the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Thanks for hanging out. I hope today's episode is going to be really helpful to y'all, give you some good ideas, fill you up with inspiration and tactics. That's really important for Monday episodes of RHP because Monday episodes are our Start Today branded content. If you're not familiar with Start Today, it is a community of people within a community So of my listening audience, of the community I've had for a very long time, Start Today are people who are actively working on something. So within that community, there are people who are working on their health. There are people who are training for their first half marathon, who are building a business. There are people working on their marriages. There are people in college who are trying to stay focused and have a good life even in the midst of all of this study. There are stay-at-home mamas. We've got everybody, but... The thing that really connects all of us is that we're working on ourselves. We believe that tomorrow we can be a little bit better than we are today. And more specifically, we believe that how we start each day really matters. So I felt like it's the beginning of a new year. We should talk about morning routine. And if you have hung out with me for a while, you've heard me do an episode like this probably once a year for the last six years. But there are a ton of new people listening to the show, or maybe some of you have fallen off of your morning routine, or maybe some of you have a bomb morning routine, but you want to add a little something extra. You're looking for a little extra oomph, a little more magic, and maybe you're going to find that in today's episode. 
that's what we're going to talk about. And let's jump in. So if you have never established a morning routine before, I feel like you must have heard of it at least. In the personal development world, it's everywhere. In the entrepreneurial world, it's everywhere. It's on social media. It's on YouTube. It's in books. Everyone talks about a morning routine. And I think for a hot minute there, the morning routine became this magic silver bullet hack thing that was going to make you a millionaire by next Thursday. And I saw this podcast episode maybe like a year ago from Alex Hormozy that I loved where he was basically saying like, here's my actual morning routine. He was like, I am a millionaire and he is many, many, many times over. He's super successful in business. He's like, here's what my morning routine looks like. And he's like, I'm telling you this because it doesn't look anything like every YouTube video I've seen, every Instagram reel I've seen. There's so much information that's like, here's the millionaire morning routine. I actually saw an ad for something like that the other day as I was driving down the street. There's so much tied into this idea that here's how millionaires do X, Y, and Z. The reality is millionaires are individual humans just like everybody else. And they each have their own approach to what works for them. So as much as I am saying this is a morning routine, I would love for you to think of this as this is how you start your day whenever you start your day. Because inevitably when I make an episode of this nature, I get a lot of questions like, well, I work night shifts or you know, I have a brand new baby. There are things affecting different people that don't allow them to carry out these tasks in the morning girl, you do you. You fit it in where you can get it in. But if possible, if at all possible for, I would guess the vast majority of you listening, this is a really fantastic way to begin your morning. So all of my caveats are out of the way. Now let me tell you my personal experience with building my first morning routine. Fast forward, no, we're not going to fast forward. We're going to rewind back to, oh my gosh, maybe 2017. I could be getting the dates wrong, but my guess is 2017. I lived here in Los Angeles. I had a staff of maybe six people, had a little office. I ran a website called The Chic Site where people would come to get daily inspiration, to find out outfits to wear, get recipes to make for dinner. It was a lifestyle, started as a lifestyle blog, became a lifestyle website. And I made money in that business through brand partnerships. So I had this team. Coincidentally, for the last several years prior to 2017, I was really struggling with anxiety. Some of you have maybe heard me tell this story before, but my anxiety was getting worse and worse. And I turned to personal development as a way to help me manage anxiety. I wanted as much information as I could possibly gather about how to feel better in my life. And in that process of learning about all the things and going to therapy and beginning to read personal development books, I discovered Tony Robbins. Now I had heard of him before. I mean, I think he just kind of was like part of the lore. I mean, I saw Shallow How, like I just had this like vague recollection of who he was. But there was a documentary that came out on Netflix, and I'm sure it's still there, that I watched about one of his conferences. And it was so different than anything I had ever seen, 
because I had never seen any sort of personal development event. But also in a way, I really recognized it because I had grown up in a church. I had grown up in an environment where every Sunday we went and sat in a congregation and you listen to a person on stage teach you about life. So when I saw a personal development conference, I was like, that makes a ton of sense to me. Like it wasn't a faith-based conference I was looking at in that documentary, but it made a ton of sense to me to go learn from a teacher in that way. I decide that I want to go to UPW. That's sort of like his baseline conference, Unleash the Power Within. That's what UPW means. And I'm kind of geeking out. I'm like, oh, I want to go to this conference. I asked my husband at the time. He's like, absolutely not. I don't know what this is. This is bananas. Which, by the way, if you've ever wanted to go to a personal development conference, maybe some of you have gone to my RISE conference, it's pretty normal to tell a partner who's not on a personal development journey that you want to go do something like that and get met with like a weird look or outright criticism or judgment of what you're doing. And the hilarious part about the judgment from your partner, your girlfriend, your mama, your sister, when they talk trash about this thing that you want to do, they may be talking trash about you wanting to start a business or getting up early to try a routine like we're going to talk about today. The hilarious thing is that the people who resist it the most are the people who've never actually done it. It's so funny if you think about it, if you shift your perspective, that you've got a husband who's like, this is crazy. This looks like a snake oil salesman. This is blah, 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 blah. But they have literally never done anything like that. So they're just speaking from a place of fear, speaking from a place of judgment, speaking from who knows where. And what I want you to remember as we talk about this idea of doing a daily routine that's going to improve your life for the better is that you don't need to try to explain yourself to someone else. It doesn't matter who they are. I grew up in a culture that made me believe that I needed to explain myself to everybody, every man, woman, and child, right? I had to explain why I wanted to do something, why I thought it was helpful. I had to fight for my worth. I had to fight for my right to try new things, and I know that's not going to track with everybody, but I also know that a bunch of you were raised in similar cultures that I was. And so maybe you get that. Maybe you get the idea that like every time you want to do something new, you feel like you have to get the buy-in from people around you. And one of the most incredible shifts you can make as you continue to mature as the adult that you're becoming and who you will eventually be is to understand that as a grown-up, you don't have to justify your why to anybody. So back to it. I wanted to go to this conference, and I went to work on Monday after watching this documentary, and I said to my team, hey, does anyone want to go to this conference with me? I, I, I don't know what it is, but I find it really interesting. Go watch this documentary, and if you want to go, I will pay for half your ticket because it was a pretty big investment. I think it was probably like 600 bucks or something to go. It was like 600 bucks for like five days. And I said, if you want to go, I'll pay for half your ticket and I will pay for all of your travel, all of that stuff. So all you have to commit is, ha is 300 bucks because I knew that if I just like gave the opportunity to everybody, it wouldn't be the same 
as if they chose to invest in it themselves. There's a great old expression that says when people pay, they pay attention. So they've chosen to opt in to this opportunity. So I had six employees. Five of them said, yes, I would like to go to this. We load up in my minivan. We all go to this conference. It was life-changing for each and every one of us. This is sounding like an ad. It's absolutely not. But it really was a life-changing experience. And I think in a lot of ways it was life-changing, one, because Tony and his team have been doing that event for what, like 30 years? They know what they're doing. They have fine-tuned that. It is a well-oiled machine. And when we, this group of people who had never experienced anything like that before, went into that space, it blew our minds. It blew our minds. It shifted our perspective. It changed the way that we looked at the world. Do I think we might have had a similar experience going to someone else's personal development conference? Absolutely. So if you already have tickets for someone else this year, keep on trucking. But for me, that really was the big entrance into the world of working on myself. I go to this conference and I get all of these ideas. And one of the things that I took away from that experience was how important it is to start your day with intention. At that point, I had three kids who were pretty young at the time. And I worked full time and I had a lot of pressure and a lot of stress in my life. And no one had ever told me that how you started each morning really affected your day. I did not have that as foundational information. Now, it seems so obvious to me, but back then, I just, it was like, you know, eye-opening. So I think all of us came back in a group committed to doing a handful of things together. Like we were, it's hilarious. We went on a juice cleanse. Like we did all this crazy stuff that we all laugh about today. But one of the big things that I came back with from that conference was, okay, I need to be better about my mornings. And how could I utilize my morning to kind of tick some boxes on things that I keep longing to accomplish every day but never quite get around to? So what if I use my morning routine as my chance to get a leg up on all the things I always say I want to do but never actually get to do. This worked beautifully. But in order for this to work beautifully, I had to really change around my schedule. And the big one was, we're going to talk about this, but let me give you a, a sneak peek. The big thing I had to do in order to pull this off was to get up at 5 a.m. At the time, I probably was getting up at 7 and in order to do this thing, I had to start getting up at 5 a.m. Because when I wrote out all of the things I wanted to do in the morning, I realized that in order to accomplish all of that before I had to get my kids ready for school, it was going to require more time. So I make the commitment. As soon as I come back from this conference, I'm like, I'm going, I'm, I'm waking up at 5. And I tell you that because I want you to understand that this was not met with any support from my husband at the time. And years ago, we told this story together on a podcast episode. I'm sure I've shared it many times over the years, but when my alarm went off at 5 a.m., I would unplug my phone. My alarm was in my iPhone, and I would unplug my phone 
and put the cord down. And I did that about three days in a row. And on the third day, this grown man like threw the covers over and was like, could you stop with the cord? The cord is so loud. Every time the cord hits the desk, I hear it and it wakes me up. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Now, of course... Years removed from this experience, I realized all of the things that were happening in that moment, but I didn't have those tools. <laughs> so how I handled this way overreaction to what was going on was how I had handled so many other things. I'm going to try and do it in the smallest way possible so that my desire for change or growth or evolution or success doesn't upset him. Or in other scenarios in my life, I'm gonna try and do this thing as small and as tiny and as quietly as possible so that my hope to grow my business doesn't offend my in-laws who think that women should not be working outside the home. 
I'm going to try and do this thing and keep it small. That was the name of my game for so long. That was how I was raised to be. That's who I thought I had to be in order to be loved, to be liked, to succeed was like, how can I do this in a way that will be least offensive to anybody else? So from that point on, the anxiety that I felt to try and get to my alarm as fast as possible, and I would unplug the phone and like very gently lay the cord on the desk and as quietly as I could get out of the room so that I didn't wake him up. And I tell you that story, and I have told that story so many times because I know that many of you find yourself in similar situations where your partner, your mama, your sister, your brother, someone in your life that you care about their opinion is really stressed out about you trying to make change. And you might not even realize why they're stressed out about you trying to make change, but you don't want them to be mad at you, so you keep augmenting and changing and adjusting your dreams, your hopes, your desires, so that it will fit into a box they have designated for you. It took me so long to understand that I was allowed, as a grown adult woman, I was allowed to get up at whatever time I wanted to. I was allowed to set my alarm and wake up at 5 a.m. or 3 a.m. or 6.45. That should be my choice. I worked. I brought home money to our family. We were both working parents. There was no reason why I should have been made to feel shame about that. And years later, when he went on his own personal development journey, he would tell that story and we would laugh about the fact that it was never about the phone cord. It was never about the phone cord. It was about the fact that I was changing in a way he didn't understand and it made him very uncomfortable. And it was about the fact that when we choose to make change in our lives, we often will upset other people we are close to if they are not evolving as well. Because if you are evolving as a person in any way and the people close to you are staying stuck, then your evolution holds up a mirror. Your evolution literally holds up a mirror to their life and all of the sudden they see you growing and changing, but they're not. And we react to that in a lot of really human ways. Sometimes we see someone else changing, we're like, okay, I better get my act together, which by the way, is the only way that I've ever effectively heard of people helping someone else to change. You do not change someone else by trying to fix them, by harassing them, by controlling them, by whining, by crying. People will make change for you, but it doesn't actually stick. If you want someone to change, you change yourself. You set an example. You show them what it looks like for someone to live well. You show them what it looks like for someone to commit to their health. You show them what it looks like for someone to fight to get out of debt. If you want to help other people, be it in your family, your children, your relationship, your community, if you really want to help other people, you help yourself. If you want to change your life, you must 
change yourself. You change yourself and then your life begins to change because of those choices. Just wanted to set you all up with that because I never would have thought that something as simple as getting up early would be triggering for my partner, but it was. And if I had been a weaker version of myself, in order to keep him happy, I would have stayed in bed. Some of you in life right now are doing your version of staying in bed. Maybe it's not about the morning routine. Maybe it's about not going to the gym because it upsets your partner when you take time away. Maybe it's about continuing to drink, continuing to eat, continuing to smoke because those are activities that you do with your best friends. And if you stop doing those activities, those best friends start to pressure you. I miss you. We never hang out anymore, right? Some of you are doing your own version of staying in the same place that you are currently in, that you have been in for the last decade or the last two decades because you staying in the box that they have assigned to you makes them happy. This is the version of you that they feel most comfortable with. And you don't want to make anyone upset. And you don't want to lose their love. So you continue to play small knowing that you've got more to give. I get it. I've been there. And it seems silly that a simple routine can make change in that. But it's those tiny, deliberate habits practiced over and over and over again with consistency showing up for this life you say you want every single day. That's what moves mountains. So let's talk about how you can build yours. I told you guys the story about the conference because I wanted to establish a little clarity for you that it took me forever to realize. When I went to that first personal development conference, I left on fire. And maybe y'all have your version of this. Maybe you've been to a business conference and you left super fired up and excited about the growth you were going to take on. When I went to that conference, though, I left with so much energy and so much drive and so much belief in myself. And I felt it for about six months, nine months, a year. And the next year I was like, oh, I need to go back to that conference. I need to go back to that conference. I need to be back in that environment. I need the energy of those people. I need to hear speakers. I need to do the thing. And I went back again. And for a few years, I would go to that same conference every year, but it never really felt the same. It never really felt the same because as much as I got things out of it each and every time, there was something that was missing. And I was like, where is this energy where is this drive? Where is this feeling that I felt the last time I did this? It took me forever to figure this out. It wasn't the conference. It was who I became in the afterglow of the conference. It was the decisions I made. It was the routines I established. It was everything, the way I meditated, the way I prayed, the way I journaled, the way I ate, the way I cared about my sleep the way I did all of the things, the way I showed up for other people. I remember going to events after coming home from that and just being like, my heart was exploding. I was so pumped to get to meet people and say hello. I just, my vibe was epic. I was at the highest vibrational frequency I'd ever been at in my life and I was ready to go. 
it took me so long to realize it wasn't the conference. It was the routines I established in the afterglow of that experience. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, we're all super busy. We have so many things filling up our plate each and every day. And I like to imagine what it would be like if I had an extra hour. Like, what would I do? I like to think that I would be my absolute best self and I would meditate and make sure I'm journaling more. I would do my morning pages. I would really take advantage of that time. But in order to know what to do with your time, you have to understand what your priorities are. And therapy can be a really fantastic way to figure that out. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a quick questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. You can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash rach to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash rach. It's spring, guys, or it's very close to spring, which means it's very close to the time of the year where I start planting my garden for summer. And this year, I was really excited to add a lemon tree, not from a seed, but like an actual tree. Did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners of my show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code RACH at checkout. Guys, get a lemon tree like me. We can be twins. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code RACH at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code RACH. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. So if you have had an, a, a moment, I, I get DMs from y'all a lot, a lot, especially Start Today community. I see you're like, do rise. When are you going to have another rise? When I know, I know events are coming. Just be patient. Just, well, we will get there. You and me together. But for those of you who have been to a RISE conference before and you're doing what I did, you're saying, man, I need to get back into that environment. I need to get back. I need to jump up and down. I need to put music on. I need a song to help me dance. I need to meet new friends. It is so much freaking fun. Yes, yes, all day. But hear me say, you do not need the conference. You need the routines you established when you had the energy from that conference. And the best one I know of is your morning routine. 
So if you want a brilliant morning routine, here's a bunch of ideas. I say a bunch of ideas because these are the things that I do in my morning routine, but sometimes when you hear a bunch of different ideas about what you can do, you try and add them all, and then you're like those YouTube videos where people are like the millionaire morning routine, and I'm watching, I'm like, this is four hours long. I literally saw a very big podcaster a few years ago do his morning routine, and I was like, this is legit four hours long. And I'm like, well, yeah, you can do that because you are a single man with no children. So I would also love to have four hours in my morning routine. But for the rest of us who have a lot of responsibilities and don't have that much time to commit to it, I'm going to tell you several ideas that you can start to add. But if it feels good to you, add them one at a time. Excellent if you can do a whole thing. But if you can't, just do one. Just do one. And when you establish that as a habit, add another. So the first thing that you need to have a fantastic morning routine actually begins the day before. Sleep. That is the number one thing on my list. You have to get a good night's sleep. Now, certainly, you can take yourself through the routine no matter what is going on, no matter if you got six hours when you normally get eight. But many of you are self-sabotaging by staying up late and watching Netflix, not getting enough rest, not getting enough sleep, and then waking up the next day and demanding that your brain functions at its optimum level, and it just doesn't have the goods. It doesn't have what it needs in order to be firing on all cylinders. So if you want a great morning routine, slash if you want a great life, because it's really important, get some freaking sleep, my friends. Get some sleep. Get some sleep. Now, I have seen far too many you know I love The Rock, for example. I love The Rock. For the longest time, he would do these crazy videos where he would stay up until midnight and then get up at 4 a.m. and start pounding in the gym. He'd be like, hustle culture, like first one in, last one out, like all these things which like sound really cool and like effective and badass. But I just don't think sustaining your life on four hours of sleep a night is, is benefiting anybody. I just, I don't know how, it, like, there's too much science, there's too much data. Yes, perhaps there are outliers like The Rock who don't need any sleep. There's some kind of special deity. They don't need sleep like the rest of us, unless you're The Rock. Let's go ahead and look at eight hours, minimum, minimum eight hours, minimum, because life's going to happen. You know, you're going to stay up a little bit later because you want to watch a new episode of Julia, which is fantastic, by the way. You want to watch a new episode of Julia or, you know, you were studying or you were prepping for something or maybe your kid was sick and just didn't get as much sleep as you needed. Those nights are going to come. So the rest of the time, we got to be on our A game. You got to get eight hours of sleep. A few things that you can do to get better sleep. Number one, take it seriously. Take it seriously. If you know you need more sleep, my guess is this is not the first time you've considered that you need more sleep. Nor is it the first time you've heard ideas for how to get better sleep. So stop just listening to the ideas and letting them roll off your back. Take them in. Be like, all right, this is the year. This is the year that we see what all these people are talking about. We try and get better rest. You're going to do that by having a cold room. 
having a cold room. It was 45 here in LA this morning, which is cold for, for LA. I know it's colder where some of you are, but 45 here. I don't sleep with a heater on. The room gets super cold. I like to have cozy blankets in a very cold room. The room is very dark. I don't do screens anywhere near bedtime. It's terrible for your brain. It's terrible for your eyes. Do not look at screens within three hours of bed. Just don't do it. It's jacking up your brain and waking you up. Read a book, bro. Read a book. If you really want phenomenal sleep, don't have sugar or alcohol. Don't have sugar or alcohol that day. And I don't mean like don't have sugar, like don't have apples or whatever. I mean, the other day was my birthday and I love a birthday cake. It is a big thing in my life. Not only do I want them for my birthday, I get them for my kids. I am not the person that's like, just get me cupcakes or just, no. I want a birthday cake with candles. It matters to me very much. It needs to be buttercream. It's a whole thing. So you know, on my birthday, I had a fabulous cake. I had a big old piece and I had had a glass of wine at my birthday dinner. I went to bed that night and laid down in bed and I swear my heart was like, it was pounding out of my chest. It was so hilarious. I'm like, I am such a loser. Like a little bit of sugar and wine and my body is flipping out right now. But I did not have a great night of sleep that night. I take it. That's okay because I wanted to have my birthday dinner on my birthday. But you have to be conscious of how the food you eat affects your body. If it's been a while since you've had a day where you didn't have alcohol, and I know that sounds crazy to some of you, but there are other people in this group who are like, yeah, it's probably been a minute. I'm still treating it like it's the holidays. I'm having happy hour every day. or I'm having a glass of wine every day. You need to do at least a day. I mean, obviously you need to do a lot more than that, but you need to do at least a day with no alcohol just because I want you to see the difference in how you feel the next morning. When you don't have alcohol, when you don't have processed sugar, dessert, anything like that, just the way it affects your sleep and then how great you feel in the morning is everything. So no alcohol or sugar, cold room, no screens. I love a warm cup of tea before bed. I love, I love chamomile. I love lavender mint. My favorite tea brand is called Big Heart Tea. If you're not familiar with them, you should check them out. It's woman-owned, really rad company and delicious tea. We go through so much of their tea. The kids and I, during the winter, we have tea every single night. It's like a thing. Like someone will just call out like, who wants tea? And then people will shout that they do or don't. But it's just such a nice like warming way to get ready for bed. I don't do it a lot, but a warm bath is supposed to have incredible properties that help you to relax and fall asleep easier. And the last thing I want to add that I started this year and really has helped, earplugs. I wear earplugs every single night. That's a new thing. I didn't used to wake up so easily, but when we came back to LA, it's just noisier here. I was out in the country for five years. Now I come back, I hear sirens, I hear cars, I hear all sorts of things, and it just really was tripping me out. So I had already used earplugs whenever I traveled. Hotels tend to be pretty noisy. I just started using them here too. It really helps. And my kids are all big enough now that if someone needs something, they just come to my room. So yeah, 
earplugs. So you're gonna start the night before, you're gonna get really good sleep. Say it with me. I'm gonna get really good sleep. I am committing to really good sleep. That's step number one. Step number two, now it's the morning time. Now you're gonna get up. And you're gonna get up earlier than you think you need to. You are gonna get up earlier than you think you need to. If you have ever done last 90 days with us, if you have ever heard me talk about five to thrive, the five daily habits I do that help me to feel my best, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I will put a link to the blog post in the show notes. So one of the five things that I suggest as part of our daily habits is to get up an hour earlier than you regularly do. So for me, that looks like 5 a.m., That time slot has worked really well for me in my life and it allows me to get all the things done before the kids wake up. But if you don't need to be anywhere until nine, well, you don't have to wake up at 5 a.m., right? So just get up earlier than you think you need to and at least one hour earlier than you regularly do because that time slot, that is where you are going to put all of the juicy morsels that I'm about to give you as part of your new morning routine. Now you'll notice I started this conversation telling you to get sleep. And it's a good thing because I just asked you to sacrifice an hour of sleep. But luckily for you, you've got a new bedtime, you're getting a lot of sleep. So sacrificing that hour is gonna work out just fine because you're going to bring your bedtime in alignment so that you still get your eight hours. I just heard some of you out there in the world be like, did you just say that you want me as a grown man to go to bed at 9 p.m.? Yeah, I do if you wanna get up at five. That's what I do, I'm fine. Not only am I fine, I'm thriving. So what's it gonna be? Are you really discounting the life that you could have because you wanna watch more TV? Because you wanna scroll more Instagram? Those things are more important to you than your health, than your goals, than who you wanna become? I don't think so. So don't complain about it, just try it. Try this for a week, try this for two weeks. Try it for the rest of your life. Just try it and see if you don't feel better. So you've gone to bed earlier. You've gotten up an hour earlier. What are we going to do with this time? The third thing I'd like to recommend to you is some kind of coffee ritual. Now, I love coffee. I love coffee like it's my best friend. It's my mama. It's the man of my dreams. Coffee is my co-pilot. I just love coffee. So my coffee in the morning is like sacred to me. It is sacred. And if you are enjoying a hot morning beverage, whatever it is, tea, coffee, mud water, lemon water, ginger, whatever, you're just like having a hot cup of whatever, make that a spiritual practice. Anything can become a spiritual practice in your life. To me, a spiritual practice is when you put some intentionality into something, when you make it more sacred, more thoughtful, when you ask how every part of it could be better as a way to nourish yourself. So for instance, some ideas around a coffee ritual, if you're a coffee drinker like me, when you go in 
and you go to make that coffee, what are things that you could do while the coffee brews? Highly recommend you drink an entire glass of water, right? So it's not great if the first thing that hits your stomach is something as acidic as that coffee. Plus, I know you want to hydrate more. You're trying to get in your ounces every day. This is a fantastic opportunity for you to hydrate while waiting for that to brew. So maybe you keep a glass right next to the coffee pot so you remind yourself, oh yeah, this is my time to chug a glass of water. Would love if you squeeze like half a lemon in that water. It's really good for you, really good for your pH balance. You could boil that water so that actually the first hot beverage you have is something that's really good for your body. You could use the time that the coffee brews to pray, to meditate. You could use that time like I do to uh, light some Palo Santo and walk Palo Santo through every main room of your house. You could pray protection over yourself. You could call in your guardian angels. You could set your intention or do some affirmations. But the ultimate idea is that you use that time to sort of ground yourself in something that feels sacred to you. And I would like to add just one more note from your bestie, Rach, to you, whoever needs to hear this. If you love coffee, start drinking better coffee. Start drinking better coffee. Most of the coffee that is available at local grocery stores is going to be crap. It is. And I don't just mean crap in terms of the taste, though that is real, but also what they put in it, how it's made, how it's sourced. If you can't afford it, do a little research. Or how about this? Do you have a coffee place in your town that you love the coffee? You love the coffee at this place? Start getting your beans from them. That seems wild. You're like, what? I always buy my Folgers. We get into these routine and habits or we do things because mom and daddy did them or because our partner did them or because that was just the first thing we tried. It never occurs to us that there's a better way. And if you love something as much as we love coffee, well, let's choose a really high quality coffee so that we make sure that something that we are putting in our body every single day is done with intention. All right. So we got up earlier, we're brewing our coffee, we use that little bit of time while it brewed to do something for ourselves. Then I sit down with my coffee in the den and I read a nonfiction book. I read an improving book. I read a book that is meant to help me make my life better. That could be about business, that could be about health, could be about relationships, but my morning reading is for nonfiction reading. Y'all, I don't care if you read 10 pages. Every single one of you has time to read 10 pages of a nonfiction book every day. And let me explain why it matters. We are constantly bombarded. We have no choice. Like our minds get filled with all of these things out in the world. We need to take some control and some ownership of feeding our minds. We need to make sure that good stuff is going in there. Maybe you're using that time to study your Bible or, or read about your particular faith, but use that time to work on yourself. And by work on yourself, I mean to read the wisdom of teachers who are likely smarter than you in the areas you're trying to grow in. 
if you don't know what book to read. If you're like, yes, tell me, I have my coffee, I've got my spot to sit, but I don't know what to read next. Two ideas. One, think of an area of tension in your life. What is something in your life that you really would love If you could wave a magic wand, it would just all go away. You wouldn't have to worry about it anymore. Find books on that. You literally could go onto Amazon right now and be like, books on navigating divorce, books on raising teenagers, books on menopause. And then Amazon is going to recommend the top books, the most popular books on that subject. The first five or six books are going to be sponsored. Scroll past those. And look at the ones that have lots of reviews, lots of reviews. That's the jam. And then you try one. You read the description. You're like, all right, I'll give this a try. If you don't want to buy a book, go rent it from the library. For years, that was how I got all of my information because I couldn't afford to buy a bunch of new books. The information is out there. So you're going to go sit with your coffee. You're going to read a book. If you want some very specific recommendations, I did write down some that I just think are like tried and true based on who y'all are, what I think you might be working on. The first one that popped into my mind was You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. Love that book. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, a classic. If you've never read it, go read it. There's a reason why everyone loves it. I'm going to throw in Girl Stop Apologizing because this is the Start Today community and I wrote that book and it's all about how to reach your goals. So I assume it would be helpful. I love The Universe Has Your Back by Gabby Bernstein, I think is really good. From a business perspective, oh gosh, there's so many that's popping into my head. But what I thought of actually, and I'm going to go with my instinct, is, oh no. Okay, wait, I'm going to give you a few in business. Number one popped into my head, The Ultimate Sales Machine by Chet Holmes. Very old, but very effective. It's Augmentino. I think it's the world's greatest salesman. Go just type some of those words into Amazon. It'll pop up because it sold like a billion copies. And the last one I'm going to recommend is a book called Profit First. I don't remember who wrote that, but it's fantastic. So those are my book recommendations. Go grab one either from the store or from the library. Put it on the table so it's ready. Like put it on the little side table that's next to where you are going to sit and read each morning. Put it there. And One of the perks of buying books is I have a highlighter and a pen that lives on my little side table. So as I'm reading, I'm highlighting stuff, I'm underlining, I'm writing notes in the margin. I treat my nonfiction reading in the morning like I'm in school, like I'm studying, like I'm trying to take things in. So we've had our coffee, we've read at least 10 pages of a book. Now I do my journaling and... Y'all know, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm literally holding up my Start Today journal. I've said it a million times. You don't need to buy my journal. You probably have a notebook already that you can use. But if you like things that include prompts and journal pages and is aesthetically pleasing, keepsake journal, you should definitely get a Start Today journal. This journal, I think, is perfect for a morning routine because it combines gratitude and goal setting which are both of the things that I used to write about before I ever had my own journal to write them in. I would grab a notebook and I would do my daily gratitude practice. So I want you to write down five things that have happened in the last 24 hours that you can feel grateful for. And it's important to note that this part of 
the morning routine, the first part's kind of like you waking up. Now we're hitting the peak in the morning routine where we're going to begin to generate energy for our day. People think that they get energy from outside sources. True energy comes from within. There's a great quote I love that says, the power plant doesn't have energy. The power plant makes energy. You are the same. So this is the point in the routine where you start to generate energy, which is why we bring in the gratitude practice. We call in those blessings. And you're like, wait, how does that generate energy? If you don't feel energized as you're doing your gratitude work, you're not doing it right. When you are writing things down, if you're just trying to get through your list, if you're just trying to write as fast as possible, that's why it's not giving you the mindset shift that you need. You want to write down things and take a second, literally 30 seconds, close your eyes and remember that moment. Put yourself back into the experience of when you heard the joke from your friend and you laughed until you peed your pants a little bit. Remember when you were on your morning walk and you saw a dog and it made you so happy because it was the cutest dog. I love dogs, so I'm always talking about dogs and my gratitude work. You know, maybe you got a call from your Nana and it was so nice to hear from her yesterday. And you just take a moment and let your heart beat a little bit harder, remembering all of the beautiful things that you got to experience in the last 24 hours. And the reason I want you to keep it to 24 hours is because if you know that tomorrow you've got to write down five more things, you will spend today looking for blessings. And when you look for blessings, you find them. When you look for negative, hard, crappy, awful things, you find those too. But this is about training our minds to see life in a more beautiful way. It doesn't mean that we ignore the hardships of what is there, but it does mean that we train ourselves to see also the goodness. They say that the quality of someone's life is often based on how much they focus on one of two things. Do they focus on what they can control or what they can't? Most anxiety, depression, fear, anger is swirling around an obsession of things you have no control over. This gratitude practice is this grounding moment where you look at the things you can control. I am in control of my perspective right now. So I do a gratitude practice. I write down in my Start Today journal, the five things that I'm grateful for. And then I write down the 10 goals that I have for my life and my future, and I write them as if they have already happened. If you have never heard me explain this process, please go listen to episode zero of the Start Today podcast, and I take you through the entire journal, and I do that so that if you don't want to buy it, you can grab whatever piece of paper or notebook you already have, listen almost like an audio book, and I explain to you how to do the process. So go listen to episode zero of the Start Today podcast. You can get that wherever you get your pods. But I do my gratitude work. I do my goal setting. And then I flip to the next section of my Start Today journal, and I start mapping out my day. I map out my day by focusing on results. What are the results that I want at the end of this day? Not my to-do list, my results list. My result, a to-do might be write the Sunday email. That's a to-do. A result would be tell 
the community about a great new podcast episode in a way that adds value to their life. That's a result. And it's way more effective than a to-do list. So I use that journal time to do those three things. Gratitude, goal setting, what's my day look like? After I do that journal, I want a moment of quiet. And I want a moment of quiet for imagination and visualization. You just wrote down all these things about the life that you want to have, right? You're doing the journal work. You just wrote down where you want to go and who you want to be. I want you to close your eyes for a minute. This is really important to do. If you got little ones around, you need to do this part. Even if you pull it earlier in your routine when the kids are still asleep, but you want to make sure you do this when no one is around to bother you, to bug you, to call your name, to affect your energy in any way. Literally, you could pop in some AirPods and listen to some groovy music. You could do this on a walk. It's very easy to do visualization and meditation while walking. But what I want you to imagine is what does life look like? All 10 of these goals come true. What does my life look like? Where am I going? And I want you to imagine it like you're daydreaming, like you're watching a movie play out in your mind where you are the hero of this story. Literally five minutes. Five minutes of your life that you take every single morning to just visualize and see it so clearly and call it in. It's a prayer to God. It's a call in from the universe. This is who I want to be. This is where I want to go. And I'm going to do everything I can to get myself there. That should really produce some great energy in your body and set you up for the next piece, which is to move your body. And you heard me say like, oh, you could do that last one on a walk. Any of these things that you can combine, get smart about it. So for instance, maybe you're like, I really hate to read a physical book, but I love an audiobook. Fantastic. Because the next thing on my list is to move your body for at least 30 minutes. And you could listen. You could start your walk by using your imagination and, and imagining this future. And then you could flip on an audiobook and use the rest of your walk to fill your mind with some really good thoughts. Combine any of these that make sense to you. The point is just that we do them. So moving your body for 30 minutes every single day. Now, if you are a person who loves to work out later in the day or at a different time, you take an evening class, stick with that. Stick with that. Everybody has a cadence that works for them, and I think you should lean into it. For me personally, I really like my workout in the morning. If you are going to do an evening workout or something later in the day, I would just say as part of the morning routine, do something. Dance around for 10 minutes. Do some star jumps. Jump up and down. Do push-ups. Just do something to get the blood pumping in your body and wake yourself up. So we got good sleep. We got up early. We had a ritual with our coffee. We read something that was great for our mind. We did our gratitude, goal-setting, journaling work. We did a visualization of who we want to be and where we want to go, and we moved our body. If you did those things every day, every day with consistency, not just one time or just for one week, but if you actually committed to doing this every single day or even doing some of those things every single day, y'all, it makes a difference because suddenly in a life that feels like it's pulled in a million directions with so many people needing you, wanting you, with so much responsibility in your life, 
with all of that going on, you start every day for you, with your intention, with who you want to be. That's incredibly effective. Because it's like no matter what happens in that day, you have that foundation of your morning to set you up for success. If you've never tried it, I really hope you will. And if you do, please let us know. DM us at the Start Today brand on Instagram. You can do hashtag Start Today, Start Today Journal, SCJ Dreamcatcher. We have out all sorts of fun things. If you're not already in that community, you should definitely come join us. But tag us so we can see what you're doing. Like, hey, I'm starting my morning routine, Rach. Like, let us know what's going on and how it's working. It has had just game-changing effects in my life. And every time that things start to slip and I stop really feeling like myself and I stop being as productive and I don't see my projects moving as fast as I want them to, every single time it's because I've gotten out of this practice and I have to reignite and get back in. So even if maybe you just heard a little idea, you want to try one thing, start it tomorrow, literally tomorrow, or even better, start today. God, that was good. That was a good like Okay. I'm a dork. Anyway, thanks for hanging out, guys. If this episode was helpful to you, or maybe you have an online community you think needs a morning routine and you'd be willing to share it with them, whoever you want to put this out to in the world, we so appreciate it. The podcast will always be available to you for free. Our only ask is that you just help us spread the word about trying to be a little bit better over here in this community. So thanks for hanging out. I'll be back soon with more information. And until then, I love you. And I'm rooting for you. The Start Today podcast is hosted and produced by Rachel Hollis. Executive produced by Jack Noble. Audio editing by Andrew Weller. It is part of the 3% Chance Network. Live life at your pace. Click the banner or go to visitwilliamsburg.com to discover how. Because here in Williamsburg, life moves at one pace, yours. Here, our waters are splashing and rejuvenating. Our history is for seeing and experiencing. Our theme parks are for riding and sometimes flying. And our great outdoors are yours for exploring and restoring. It's all waiting for you in Williamsburg. Book your trip today and live life at your pace. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas, Register today at thisisils.org.